This is Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about a Parsha, or the holiday of the week, Hanukkah, with some practical lessons to keep. Yes, Hanukkah is upon us, and I say it over and over again, and it's never enough. Hanukkah is my favorite, always has been, always will be. God willing, it is a wonderful, wonderful Chag, full of light, full of joy, full of cheer, real cheer, not the cheer you see in uh, society, full of real meaning, real purpose, and real spirituality, real essence. And we come to Vayeshev, and Vayeshev connects to Hanukkah too. Everyone always talks about Miketz falling out on Hanukkah, and Miketz is so connected to Hanukkah. But I think we could prove that Vayeshev is also connected. So let's dive in. We're looking at Vayeshev. We're in the middle of Sefer Barashas. Fascinating stories. We go from Avram to Yitzchak to Yaakov, and now the story moves from Yaakov and moves over to the brothers, and of course, focusing on Yosef. Vayeshev Miketz, Vayigash Vayechi. And of course, Yaakov is there in the background in a lot of pain. A lot of difficulty, but God willing, there will be the reunification in just a couple of parshios. But it starts here. So the pasuk says, you know, these are the generations of Yaakov. Ela told us Yaakov Yosef ben ben Shvasreishana. You know, Yosef is seventeen years old. First of all, why does it mention just Yosef when it talks about the generations of Yaakov? And second of all, why does it mention that he's seventeen years old? Are those important things? Should not the pasuk have said? And these sources come from Chabad and also from the Medrash Rabbah and Zohar. Why does it talk about these two things? It should have said, you know, these are the generations, Ruvay and Shimon Levi. Why Yosef? Because everything that happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef, and, and everything that happened to Yosef happened at such a young age. Craziness that he's expelled from his brothers and sent into basically slavery. At 17 years, and for 13 years he's gone, you know, and, and then uh, even more years until... Yaakov is reunited with Yosef because it was the amount of years that he was separated from Yitzchak, they say. It was, you know, tit for tat, mita kenega mita, measure for measure. But Yosef is such a young kid at the time, and the Torah wants to highlight that because it shows how powerful he became at such a young age, at 30 years old, and just 13 years from now, where we are in the story, he becomes the greatest ruler in the entire world, second only, really, in name to Paro, the viceroy, the grand viceroy. And by the way, he he led for, I believe, the longest ruling monarch of any Jewish leader. You know, Moshe had 40 years, and Yeshua had 40 years, and a lot of the, the kings had 40 years, but I don't know anyone else that had 80 years. I believe Yosef was the only one. That's why we see this. And why else do we see it? Because everything that happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef. And we talk about the Ramban, the Maimonid, the Nachmanides, excuse me, in his Sefer, talks about this element a lot. I remember my wife and I talking about it many years ago, but a major theme, a major element that the Ramban, Nachmanis, talks about, especially as we go through Boratius, is Masa Avo Simon Labanim. Everything that happened to our forefathers is a portend and is kind of an allusion to what happens to us. And we can see the seedlings, we can see the happenings starting with them, and it comes down to us. Everything that happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef, and things that happened to our forefathers happened to us too. Esav hates Yaakov. Unfortunately, we see it all too often in history. So many people hate the Jewish people and hate us for different reasons and different values and different aspects. But fundamentally, one of our biggest anti-Semite 
coined it properly, unfortunately, in his terrible, terrible book. The reason they hate us so much is the moral conscience and the flesh and the moral conscience of the soul. They hate us for bringing morality to the world. They hated us, you know, in a different generation, they didn't want us to keep Shabbos. A different generation in the Greeks, they didn't want us to keep Rasmila, Rosh Chodesh. Every generation has its own difficulties. And as well said by a, a person on uh, TikTok the other day, the reason they hate us right now is for Israel. You could blame it as anti-Zionism, but obviously, fundamentally, it's anti-Semitism. If we lived in Uganda, they'd hate Uganda. If we lived anywhere we live, they hate us. You could blame it on capitalism, on Marxism, on socialism, on being poor, on being rich. They hate us, period, they hate us. In the times of Yaakov, Esau hated Yaakov and nothing's changed, they always hate us. In the times of Yaakov, things happened to Yaakov and then things happened to Yosef and it filters down to our generation as well. Yaakov's mother had difficulty with children, so did Yosef's mother have difficulty with children. The commentators point out that Yaakov was born with a perfect flesh and so was Yosef. Yaakov's mother had difficulty having him. Yosef's mother had difficulty having him. Yaakov's mother had two sons, and so did Yosef's mother have two sons. Yaakov was hated by his brother. Yosef was hated by his brothers. And of course, now all of mankind originates from the same source, but how many of our quote-unquote brothers in mankind hate us? Hate us and want to kill us. There are literally people marching on the Brooklyn Bridge saying, Death to the Jews, genocide to the Jews. People were marching outside a Jewish bakery, making up a name like Goldie, Goldie, you know, um, I forget what the rhyme was. Unfortunately, they're very good with very evil rhymes. I don't know why that is, but uh, we should become much better with beautiful rhymes and good things. But they always hate us, they always hate us, and unfortunately, until Mashiach comes, they'll hate us, but Mashiach should come tomorrow. Yaakov's brother wanted to kill him. Yosef's brother wanted to kill him. Brothers wanted to kill him. Yaakov was a shepherd and Yosef was a shepherd. Yaakov was persecuted and Yosef was persecuted. Yaakov had ten blessings and Yosef had ten blessings. And there are many, many different similarities. But it also comes down to now. Yaakov was exiled from Eretz Yisrael. Yosef was exiled from Eretz Yisrael. And of course, for many generations, we were exiled as well. From Eretz Yisrael, we were Zoha to come back and make the modern state in '48. But we were exiled for many generations. Yaakov had to get married outside the land. Yosef got married outside the land. And fascinating, I always point out when we come to these partials, Yosef literally was the only Jew in Mitzrayim. Can you imagine? Thousands of people, millions of people in Mitzrayim, probably the only Jewish person was him. How strong he had to be in his faith. Then he marries Asnas, who people say was the daughter of Poti Pharaoh. And she... I don't know if she was Jewish or not. Some people say that she was from one of the from the one of the sons, maybe not, of Yaakov. But even so, if she converted, and then you know, it could have easily been that the house was dominated by her. But really, they say that it was dominated by Yosef's ideals of Judaism. And he has two boys, so the four of them are the only Jewish people in the entire land of Israel, which is in the land of Mitzrayim, which is major, major. I think chizik for us, all of us who don't get to live in the land of Israel, who are living outside the land, it's so hard to stand up to culture. It's so hard to like not be pulled in by the false illusory of the red man and the and the bells that are green and and red and the huge tree which outshines us, which bothers me a lot. That is seven times the size of our beautiful menorahs. Even when Chabad puts it up, they still make it seven times the size. You look at Rockefeller Center. Teacher showed me they went to the Rockefeller or Bryant Park, and the tree is like literally 40, 50 feet high, like so unnecessary, so pompous. Even if Chabad got in there and put in a, a menorah that's five feet high, it's still like 10 times smaller than the tree. Crazy. 
Anyway, Yosef lives outside the land and, and is very powerful. And of course, we're outside the land and we have to be powerful and strong in our faith, in our Yahadud, in our Emunah, and in our Torah, Mitzvahs, and Chesed. Yosef had kids outside the land, Yaakov had kids outside the land, and all of us who live outside the land, raising families, we have to do our best as well to be shining lights of Kiddushi Hashem. Yaakov was escorted by angels, and Yosef was escorted by angels. Yaakov was made great through a dream, and Yosef was made great through a dream. By the way, a lot of these things about Yaakov we don't see straight up explicit in the text from the commentators and other people. The house of Yaakov's father-in-law was blessed on his account, and the house of Yosef's father-in-law, according to you know, commentators, he married Potiphar's daughter. His house was blessed as well. You know, everything was blessed, and he let Yosef take care of everything except for his bread. Some people say that means that his wife, whatever. Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim. Yosef goes down to Mitzrayim. And all of us were put into exile many, many times, many generations. Yaakov ended the famine, and Yosef ended the famine. Yaakov adjured his children, and Yosef adjures his brothers. Yaakov charges children, Yosef charges Egypt. Yaakov dies in Egypt. Yosef dies in Egypt. And Yaakov is embalmed. And Yosef was embalmed. The bones of Yaakov were brought up to to Israel. And the bones of Yosef were also brought up to Israel. Yaakov had tribes. And Yosef had tribes. You know, he was given the double portion after it was taken from Ruvain. And we know that Yaakov was lost for 22 years. And Yosef was lost for 22 years. Literally, Midah, and Midah. And there are many similarities and many, many different things that come together. But when we see these kind of things, I feel like it's a masa avos sim on the bottom. So Yaakov goes through difficulties. Even Yitzchak, Avon goes through difficulties. And they talk about the wells. The wells are allusions to the Bate Mikdashim. That one was made and it was dug up. Avram's, it was destroyed. The first place is made, of course, was destroyed. The second one was dug up by Yitzchak with more strength and more grandeur. Apparently it looked... You know, even greater in some aspects. But of course, it was missing our own. It had the Evan Shasia instead, people say. Commentators explain. But that was also destroyed. But then, the third well that was dug up was never destroyed, which is an illusion. I believe the Ramban, Ramban points out is an illusion that we should be Zohar, that Mashiach comes, and the third time will come speedily tomorrow. That will never be destroyed as well. So we think about when we come to Hanukkah, we think about how we're living in very dark times and very dark aspects and the world seems upside down and there's such hate and such lack of logic, such lack of historical knowledge of factual basis and such, you know, pervasive evil and supposedly intellectual people, supposedly smart people. But we only have to look into the partios, we look into the past, we look into what Yaakov had to endure, what Yosef had to endure. Literally charges straight up made against him so easily disproved but he wasn't able to disprove it because you know he lost the evidence but still he had to endure such difficulties being you know you know thrown into prison for 10 plus 2 12 years and people are still talking about it in a normal course of nature he couldn't have ruled because he was a slave a foreigner a hebrew all hated things by the egyptians of course similar to nowadays where everyone hates the jews unfortunately but there are some shining beacons of light but we look to the partials it's not a coincidence nothing in judaism in life is coincidence it's all orchestrated by hashem we look at vayeshev and we start look at the idea we come to this partial right when hanukkah comes Yosef, you know, slandered by his brothers and thrown into prison, pretended to be killed, and even our quote-unquote brothers or our cousins hate us to guts and want to kill us, want to slander us, and they're so good, unfortunately, at twisting things and making things completely opposite, 
you know, they attack us and slaughter us, and they cry foul that we have the audacity, the nerve to come back and try to eradicate evil and defend ourselves and get rid of, wipe out the evil. Mamish bonkers. But we look that Yaakov had to deal with the Lavan and Yosef had to deal with deal and Yosef had to deal with difficulties in his life and we should be mechazic from looking at these parshas, especially in the times, especially as we come to this wonderful holiday and understand it's all written there. There are there are crumbs and seeds in all the parshas that we could look at and pretend to our own life. And I wish everyone a wonderful Hanukkah, a wonderful week and a wonderful time and we should be Zoha to only see Mashiach and good things speedily in our days and may in fact May that be today. This has been Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.